was around New Year's. I put out a newsletter, which was very boring, and I basically said it was my first holiday season without my son. He had spent the season with his, his father. They'd gone back to go see my ex-in-laws. And I should theoretically be really unhappy, but I had created this exciting time. I'd spent time with friends. It was very personal. And I didn't sell a thing. I got clients out of that. I got appointments. I got clients. I got a ton of responses. I had the highest open rate I had to date. And then it hit me like a brick against my head. They don't care about what my business is. They're going to buy with me because they like me. They like the concept of the business. And so now every newsletter I have, even as I grow, has a picture of my son or me and my son. And it starts off with what's going on with Patrick. And he's become a little celebrity among my clients. Welcome to another Live with Roy interview where you can listen in absolutely free as I, Roy Fur, interview the world's leading experts on information marketing and publishing, internet marketing, copywriting, selling, business success, and a whole lot more. You can browse the entire Live with Roy archives, download past calls, and join us to get first priority notification as soon as new interviews are available, all by visiting www.livewithroy.com. Again, the address is www.livewithroy.com. Now let's tune in for another exciting interview. Hello, and welcome to another Live with Roy interview. This is Roy Fur, and I'm excited, and I think you're going to be excited about the guest that I have on today uh, because it's a little bit different than what we often talk about on Live with Roy. Uh, for folks that, that have listened to me a lot, you know that I'm a, uh, a direct response marketing consultant and copywriter, and often uh, what I do with my clients is really oriented towards that final step of the sales process where it, where it pushes people over the edge and, and, and makes them become a customer. But I recognize the value, and my clients recognize the value, and you may well recognize the value of everything else that, that, that goes out to build the trust and the credibility with, with, uh, with your readers um, and, and with your customers. And, and all that content really has to uh, actively support the sales process. And if you don't understand how that content can actively um, uh, support support your relationships with your customers and, and support them coming back to do business with you or doing business with you for the first time, you're really uh, leaving a lot of, of opportunity on the table as far as what that content can give you. So my guest today, uh, she has uh, through, lar- largely through uh, concise, targeted, marketing-oriented communications uh, driven largely by content uh, she she helps her clients uh, transform those communications into dollars. Uh, now she's worked she's currently working with a dozen clients on their social media efforts, uh, newsletters, and blogs. So if you've been thinking about you know how do I leverage what I'm doing through social media to connect with more people, uh, she's going to help you uh, as well as as well as through through regular newsletters and blogs. Uh, her clients receive leads and clients from her work. It's, she's not just trying to build, you know, a, a list of likes on Facebook. Uh, she's she's won three awards for her clients. She got uh, one client who's a restaurant into a a building that they wanted to open up in, um, where there was a bid, bidding war going on. Uh, she has secured 
press coverage um, on TV shows and publications for herself and for her clients. Uh, she draws traffic into her clients' websites by writing press releases and other content. Uh, she even got one client a free MC for their event uh, through the communication that she wrote. So if you're a business owner who's really looking to, to create content, uh, you know, words for your business that are going to generate business results, I encourage you to listen carefully to this interview. So I want to say welcome to Amanda Collins from the Grammar Doctors. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Excellent, excellent. So um, let's let's kind of talk. I, I I love to start these calls with with uh, with a story of of something that you've done um, that really gets us into the topic. Um, so so. You, you were telling me that you have uh, one particular client that you just use press releases as content uh, to get them to dominate the first page of Google for their, their targeted keyword and attract traffic that way. Would you mind sharing that story with, with listeners? No, not at all. This is, a, this is a very interesting client. They had created a new product. And it's, it's kind of hard to explain without moving my hands and using visuals. But basically, if you think about how your water gets from the, the water place, so either a reservoir or a lake, to your home or office, it comes through pipes. And water is very corrosive in metal pipes. So this company had created a thing that goes in between the two pipes Essentially, for, for all of us people who don't understand that stuff, a rubber gasket that would okay. cut down on the connectivity and, and the electro connectivity that would cause all the corrosion in the pipes. So it was a relatively new idea. And what I did for them, in addition to some other things, but what we really focused on was press releases. And over the course of six months, I wrote three press releases for them, which we distributed through BusinessWire on a global scale. And after the second one came up, we had almost all of Google. By the time that the third came up, we had the first page of Google running into the second page. And oftentimes when you hear people say, well, we got it on Google, it's for the name of their company or even the name of their product. But people Which aren't looking easy. for that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. I mean, you can Google the grammar doctors all day long and you'll only find me. But if you're looking for something specific, so theirs was electroconnectivity and water, those kinds of things that people would be looking for to solve a problem, that's what we dominated on. Anything that you looked up in their, their keyword area, not their company name, that came up, but not the other stuff, the, the no-brainer stuff, it all yeah, came you, up. So and it was fabulous. They ended up with a lot of leads and a lot of uh, contracts because of it. Well, that's that's – that's excellent. So, so when you when you did that, you really focused on you know as far as creating the content, creating those press releases, which um, it sounds like you know usually three press releases doesn't turn into to more than ten uh, individual items on Google. So it sounds like you got some some coverage or syndication of that content as well. But yeah, I mean that's how it works, right? Yeah, you're going to end up with people who pick it up. It's not just the press release itself, but if Google picks it up and Yahoo picks it up and some university in Texas picks it up, then you're going to end up with more coverage on Google. And you're right, that's exactly what happened. A lot of people picked it up. And so it was the same article placed on a lot of different sites. So that's how it dominated. Okay. 
So you were thinking, you were thinking, and you worked with your client to think of the the like the 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 core problems and how people would be thinking about about that particular issue for what words that they would then go to type into Google, and 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 you use the press release to kind of connect that to your client's solution. Is that can you can you That's walk exactly through that process a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it was such a, a technical component, and the layperson wouldn't be looking for this. I mean, it's not a solution that you or I would buy. Like I mentioned, it's essentially a gasket that you put between pipes that carry water. I don't have anything to do with that. You probably don't either. So you're looking at a very specific niche market. And that was the question that I asked them, who are your targets? And so we identified three targets, municipalities, uh, different types of government agencies, and then the individuals who actually lay the pipes were really who they were targeting. And so once we got a sense of that, we created educational releases. So this is where a lot of people get confused on content. They think that it's all about selling, and yeah, it's well, not. Yeah, well, a press release, I mean, the, 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 the easy way to think about a press release, and it's not necessarily the right way, but the easy way is, hey, we have a new product available. Go buy it. Exactly, but it like and that's not what it should be. Right. And, and, and this is what I use in all of my content writing is the three E's, educate, entertain, and engage people. And so with a press release, you have to look at what do people want to look up. They might be interested that you have a new product if it pertains to them. But just saying I have a new product for having a new product sake isn't going to get you anywhere. So that's not the approach that we took on these press releases. The approach that we took was this is the problem that you're having. We're losing a ton of water because of cracked pipes. Or you could have flooding issues because of cracked pipes. It's costing municipalities oodles of money because they're having to replace them every 30 to 40 years. I mean, when you have a, a, a pipe crack in a downtown area, it can close it down with flooding. So yeah. that was the issue that we were dealing with was how can we educate these people? Because a lot of people just don't know. They just are putting Band-Aids on the problem. And we wanted to provide a solution through this product. So that was the angle that the press releases took, was educational in nature. This is a thing that you're having a problem with. This is how it can help you. Very factual, very, very um, technical, scientific, focusing on putting them into you know, reaching the, those journal audiences is really what we were looking at. So yeah, because, that's the approach I took with them. Yeah, when 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 it comes to to a business to business, or I guess in this case business to municipality sale, oftentimes you know one of your most influential um, one one of your one of your most influential uh, sales opportunities is is actually getting coverage in your industry's business journal um, because exactly. you know you're gonna. Not only are you going to get the the immediate readership of that, but but you can usually work with the business journal to to offer reprints um, and use that in marketing to really strengthen your your credibility. Um, even if you have to send that reprint directly to a to a prospect rather than than having them find it on on their own. Mm-hmm. Well, that it, it it sounds like you you take a very a very different approach in in this content, and you know specifically we're talking about press releases. Um, but you do this—you do this kind of all over the place. Do you use those those three E's? Is that is that generally your rule 
in blog posts, newsletters, um, you know, every piece of content, or is there? It really is, because if, if you think about the way that people read these days, it's different from the way people read once upon a time. It used to be that, you know, everybody was talking about reading books. Now the average American is lucky to read one book a year. People don't read these days. And so I call it a Twitter society. If you can get it out there in 240 characters or less, people like it. And not that I write a press release that has 240 characters, but it's that same kind of principle. It's to get them engaged and keep them engaged throughout the piece, whether it's a 400-word blog or a page-long press release or you know, a 2,000, 3,000-word article. It doesn't really matter. It's having a great headline, having compelling information, and then, of course, you're writing for the, the Google and other search engine robots as well. So it's not just for people. It's getting the right keywords in there, but putting them in there in an organic way that doesn't scream to the person who's reading it, wow, they put a lot of keywords in here. So it's that delicate balance of providing that entertaining, engaging, um, educational content, but also having the right content that boosts that company, product, service, whatever, in the ranking. So yes, regardless yeah. of what I'm working, even if I'm writing social media, and I maintain social media for a number of clients as well, and putting that, that keyword in there but making it fun and interesting is a component to that too. It's not just, hey, I had a bagel for breakfast. I mean, that, that might be part of it because people want to know who they're working with and what's going on in your office, but a lot of it is ranking and getting known as the expert. Because that's really, at the end of the day, what all the things that I do for my clients are for, is to help them rank better in the search engines and get them known as an expert in their field. Okay, so let's, let's, let's kind of dig into some of these things. And there are other things that I'd like to come back to. But um, as far as, as, far as the, the, the social media goes, I have to admit, I'm... I'm 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 kind of a big skeptic, and I I've used some social media, but um, my results aren't necessarily, um, you know, they, they so far haven't haven't quite justified um, themselves as far as my time, energy, and resources versus versus other marketing methods. So so you know, obviously you haven't you haven't gone into my my social media and 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 looked at what what my strategy is but but you know how can a business use social media what am i doing wrong what could i be doing right as far as as far as making it work uh for generating business results that's a great question because i think a lot of people are very skeptical about social media i just read an article recently about this person who kind of does what you do and, has, and does what I do, you know, has been in the, the marketing world and content marketing specifically and just thinks it's a bunch of hooey. And I'm here to tell you it depends on how you do it, but I have made money off social media and not in a weird kind of way, <laughs> you know, where people say, oh, yeah, you can make money and, you know, sign up for this thing and send me $5 or whatever. No, I have generated bottom line dollars for myself and for my clients through the use of social media. The thing that most people don't see is first, they don't think they should be on it. So they don't create pages, they don't maximize the pages that they have, whether that's Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Facebook, you know, whatever they choose, they don't maximize it. 
And the next thing that they miss, and I see this time and time again, and I'm constantly educating even my own clients about this, part of social media is that it's social. Too many people are using it still as direct marketing, a one-way conversation. And social media is a totally different animal. You have to engage people. That's rule number one. And it, how you want to engage them isn't always the way they want to be engaged. And so it's very much customer driven. It's immediate. When someone comments on your Facebook page, they expect that you're going to like it, comment back within a matter of minutes, not days. And so what the smart, savvy um, client or company is doing is to use it as another way to enhance their marketing, not the only way, that would be silly, and also as customer service. A lot of people now, like on Facebook, now you can email a page on Facebook. You've always been able to direct message a company on Twitter. So using that as a way to manage customer service as well and create a full experience and keep that brand alive. If you look at some of the big players in social media, like Starbucks is an excellent example. They have one person who just manages their Twitter account. They have one person who just manages their Facebook account, another person who does Pinterest. So they're really focused on creating that brand they're posting a lot of pictures. It's gotten very much into a picture sensory type of environment with a new Facebook page layout, going to the cover pages and all of that, timeline. Yeah. And then Pinterest, of course. Twitter, not so much. So it's more, more content than it is pictures. But engaging people, and I'm, I check in with my clients every week. Every week they get the same email from me. Hey, so social media is social. I'm not in your office every week. Tell me what's going on with you. Who's gotten married? What kind of events do you have going on? Who had a birthday? Did you take a picture of any projects you're working on this week? Those kinds of things make it social. And so when someone looks to hire an outside social media person, that could really boost up the company image, or it could really make, make it burn down to the ground. Because like I said, I'm not in my client's business every week. There's no way I could be. So yeah. I can certainly post links. I can go to their website and post pertinent information from that. And I can ask thought-provoking questions, you know, do all that stuff. But I can't get their personality 100% unless they help me with that. And so my clients have been educated by me to really incorporate that personality. And that's what I would tell somebody who's curious about how to manage social media is to put that personality in there. Not so much as I had a bagel for breakfast this morning, but if you work in an office and someone brought in donuts, snap a picture of the donuts and say, hey, thanks to Joe for bringing in donuts for the office every day. How often do you get donuts in your office? So you see what yeah. you're doing. You're not just saying what's happening. You're asking for feedback. And that's yeah. where people miss it in marketing anyway. But asking for feedback on social media, like this post if, Comment if, share, retweet. You have to ask for the sale. So you still have to ask for it in social media. And you have to put up content that's engaging. And then the third thing that's very important is what time you post it. I'm online at 6 o'clock in the morning. Most people aren't. 
Most people are out <laughs> at 6 o'clock in the evening. So you need yeah. to schedule your posts at an appropriate time and, and post them more than once. I see a lot of people who, if they're just doing something, they'll post it one time. Post it a number of times at different times of the day and then get other people, whether it's friends or colleagues or strategic partners, to repost that content for you because social media is a viral environment. So yeah, that takes I advantage of the, of the web, exactly. webbing out aspect of social media. Now, I, I, right. I want to be a little bit of a, a devil's advocate here because you've, you've talked a lot about putting personality into your social media, and I understand that from the perspective of – of um, you know, it goes back to the old the old sales lesson of of uh, essentially we're people selling to people, and it doesn't matter if I'm selling you, you know, a widget for your company, or if I'm selling you, uh, you know, some some product for your home or or something like that. Whether I'm selling to businesses or consumers, ultimately we're always people selling to people, and so connecting with people on on a more personal level, social media has opened up that channel and made it. Um, more accepted in general practice for businesses to do that, but but ultimately, you know, posting a picture of donuts and and asking people how often donuts are brought into their their office, that in itself is not driving business results. Um, so I'm I'm sorry if if this kind of takes it takes it on a left turn, but but I want to understand like how how that can be complemented with with other other items that aren't necessarily ads for your for your product, but how you can how you can then use the reputation that you're building that way, and maybe what balance we're looking for um, between that and 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 getting people to actually, you know, say visit your website to 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 make a purchase or something like that. Well, and I, I understand your point completely, and I think it's a, a definitely a valid one because oftentimes when I give a presentation about social media and I say you want to have personality. That's the exact response I get back. Well, no one cares that we have donuts in our office. I want them to go to my website. I want them to buy from me. It's a strategy. It's a full approach that if you all you're doing is selling all day on social media, it goes back to that just one-way conversation. Buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. And you've probably heard this saying, nobody wants to be sold, but everybody wants to buy. So it's creating that environment where they feel like they're valued and they feel like they want to buy from you, but they're not necessarily told that they have to. So it's a nice mix of having what's going on. We're eating donuts. You know, so-and-so got married last week. Uh, we're celebrating someone's birthday. That, that stuff that has nothing to do with selling is just creating the personality. There's that component. The other part is obviously the selling component. Have you been to our website? This is what we're selling this week. This is what's happening. How can we help you? Those kinds of things. And then the last component is the educational component, positioning yourself as an expert in that industry. So, if, again, if we go back to Starbucks, if you look at them, they're very rarely saying, go and buy a cup of coffee. We all know what Starbucks does. They're posting up a picture of a cup of coffee surrounded by fall leaves and saying, Pumpkin spice lattes are back. You know, that kind of stuff. They're not telling someone to go and do it. They're creating that desire so that you feel like you want to do it on your own. And that's the goal of social media. If a company says, 
we have this product or we know about this service, we saw this great article about this service, then they're positioning themselves as experts. You don't have to go anywhere else, and people feel compelled to do business with them. So is this where, is this where like, a, a, a business blog fits in that you're able to, to you know, educate, entertain, and engage through, through, through more content than might fit in a, in, in a tweet or, or a post to your Facebook wall? Is that, I mean, is that, is that where we're connecting the dots once we've, once we've built this relationship with people, or... I mean, how does yeah. how does blogging fit into your social media strategy? Yeah, it really does. I mean, some people even consider blogging to be social media uh, because it it really does go two ways. It should go two ways. For oftentimes, it's a lot more pushing out, but there, most blogs have a comment section. And now, because yeah. of the intertie-in of all the social media, you can go to most blogs and like it from there. It'll show up on your feed on Facebook. You can tweet it from there. You can dig it. You can Pinterest it and pin it. I mean, you can do all of those things. So, yes, it, it should be integrated. There's not just one silo of, okay, we just do social media. And I think that's where people are missing the boat with the, the compelling message that social media is really helpful because they're just tweeting out or they're just posting on Facebook, but they're not tying it back to their business. They're not adding more to that conversation. So if you have a blog, say you see this really great article. I'll just give you a quick example. So the company see, you know, posts about this really great article that they saw about something that they do, but it's, it's not selling something. It's just informational about that article. Then three days later, they talk about this blog that they wrote that's about that same topic, but now it's on their site. And at the end of the blog, of course, the smart blogger has at the end, curious about this topic, we can help, contact us. So there's always that call to action at the end of a blog. And then maybe a couple days after that, they talk about what they're selling in the same topic. Or it could all happen much in a much smaller component too. It could happen all in one day. But that's the idea is to say, here's something we saw. So we're the experts. We're searching. We're looking for you. Here is a blog that we wrote about this. So not only do we find things for you, but we know about this topic inside and out. And oh, by the way, we sell that thing. So we've already shown you two different ways that we know about it. We're the experts. So now it's time for you to buy it. And that's where it gets integrated. And you, then you can follow that all up with a nice newsletter, whether that's a direct mail piece newsletter or an email newsletter through some kind of agency and sending that out, and then it goes full circle. And then when they go to their, your website, they see that cohesive branding, and it just works all together. So just picking a siloed area is not going to be nearly as effective as having a comprehensive approach. Okay. Well, that, you know, that's, it's starting to make sense, and I, I, I absolutely understand how this, how this stuff has to be balanced in terms of in in terms of you have to look at where you know what media you're using to reach out and connect with folks you know and if it's if it's if it's direct mail that that shows up in somebody's mailbox it's engaged with in a different way than if it's a magazine advertisement or if it's a video on a website or a video on YouTube or uh, social media, you know, on Facebook or, or whatever, and each provides a different, um, 
a different environment in which you're you are uh, required to to engage with folks. You know, I heard it said um, not too long ago that that AdWords um, is a um, oh it's it. It's killing me because it's slipping my mind right as I right as I want to say it. Um, the, the, the AdWords is is like the yellow pages. It's a way you know when you when you're advertising on AdWords, it's it's a way to um, show up when people are looking for you. Um, you know, and that's that's Google AdWords for folks that uh, that are less familiar. Uh, it's the advertising platform, the the ads that show up next to your Google search. Um, but but social media, Facebook, it's like it's a coffee shop. So mm -hmm. the way that you're going to present yourself and your products and your services is very different in a coffee shop. You know, and people think differently and buy differently when they're in a coffee shop than when they're paging through the yellow pages to find a solution to a problem. And so it makes sense to me everything that you're saying within the context of that, you know, that 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 you can't treat people the same as you would say showing up in their mailbox or through AdWords or, or even when they're on your website versus connecting with them through social media and trying to get their attention. Otherwise you, right. you, you, you look like the, the, the guy or the gal that stand up in the middle of the coffee shop and say, Hey, if you want to buy, you know, rubber rings to fit between your, your, the pipes that, that, that distribute water throughout your city, I can show you the best ones, you know, and then, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't work so well. <laughs> exactly. Um, that person's a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so you talked about something that kind of it kind of goes back to to brand management, and I, that, that's the term that you've used um, when it when it when it comes to um, how all of this stuff integrates together. Um, you know, can. The specific question I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, I guess, um, you know, how can you lay out a social media strategy in such a way that that you don't get lost in trying to build the personality, or you don't get lost in trying trying to sell? Is there is there like a, a, a rules that you use going, building up a a strategy for clients as um, to support their brand? Uh, through social media rather than just operating it in a silo? Well, the best thing to do first is to really get to know that person's brand, that client's okay. brand. Um, you know, it, we look at B to B versus B to C, and I have always thought of there are people behind brands. So okay. if you're looking at social media, a lot of people are like, well, I'm B to B. How is social media going to help me? Well, I understand that argument, but behind the business there's a CEO, there's an administrative assistant, there are people that are on social media. And interestingly enough, I was talking to a, a business owner the other day who said, you know, I'm B2C and I don't think that social media is for me. I think it's much more of a B2B platform. And I was really <laughs> surprised. I had never heard that before. I was like, okay. Hmm. So if you take the approach that if you're looking at everybody behind a company is a person. So that company, therefore, has a personality. And sometimes the personality jives with what they do, and sometimes it doesn't. I'll give you an excellent example. One of my clients 
does on-hold messaging. So meaning if you call your dentist and they say, would you hold one moment while we check our schedule? They put you on hold and you either hear silence or you hear music or what they do is you hear an advertisement where it says, okay. at XYZ Dentist, we do this. Ask your associate how. And then there's music for a few seconds. That's what they do. So that's pretty cut and dried. I mean, yes, they do have script writers and there is a creative component, but it's not sexy. It's on hold messaging. When you go to their business, though, because they happen to be in Phoenix where I am, so I've been to their, their business, they're fun, they're exciting, they're interesting, they're silly. So it's trying to bring in that personality to something that could be boring and dry. Have you created your on-hold message yet? Yippee. You know, it's, but it's more uh, putting up a picture of their new hire. I happened to be in there on a day that they hired someone that I happened to know. It's a small world, I guess. And I said, oh, my gosh, we should post a picture of you up on your, your social media. And they said, sure, we can do that. So I pulled out my phone, took a picture of him, posted up and said, you know, meet Joe Blow. He's our latest person, and this is what he's doing. Say hello in the comments. This is on Facebook. That was their highest ranking, because you know you can rank how, um, maybe you don't know, but you can do analytics on Facebook, and it tells you what your highest ranking post was. That was their highest ranking post. Okay, that's, that's very interesting. Um, and, and actually it sounds like something, and, and I think this is, this is a good bridge, but it sounds like something that I've heard about newsletters and, and same thing as you're saying, whether you're selling business to business or business to consumer, um, really you should have 60% of newsletters that you send out be personal and almost irrelevant content. Like, like if the newsletter is sent out in the voice of of the doctor at a at a at a doctor's office, um, you know that doctor can talk about the family vacation. And you know some of the fun things they did on the family vacation, the silly things the kids did, the the scary story of somebody that almost got injured or something like that, and and tell that very personal story, and and spend a good half or more of your newsletter talking about that. And it sounds like you know from the way you treat social media that that you would do newsletters the same. And and you actually mentioned to me that that your clients' newsletters get a lot higher readership than, than kind of industry norms. So can you talk about how these strategies kind of bridge out in these different types of communication, especially newsletters? Oh, definitely. Yeah, newsletters, um, I work with Constant Contact just because I, I like their service. And they put on a lot of seminars. They're very big on education. And one of the things that they say is that the standard open rate for a newsletter is 10 to 15%. So that's really, really small. And yeah. if you get a 20% open rate, you should be celebrating. Most of my clients are getting closer to a 30 to 50% open rate. And the reason that we got that is it's, it's a few different things. One is, of course, creating a list of people that you just haven't called from nowhere, people that are interested in the brand, people that the business owner or representatives have met somewhere, people who are clients or are prospective clients, they tend to open more. So that's the first thing is getting the right people on your list. The next okay. thing is creating a compelling reason to open the email. What is the subject line? 
does it just say news from blank? That's not very compelling. So, and, and sometimes, you know, we'll run the, the A-B tests and see, which I'm sure you've done in direct marketing as well, trying to Absolutely. figure out what that, that open, what, what's the magic thing for open, opening the email. And then once they open the email, it's that blend of personality and education. And sometimes, not always, the, the offer. You know, sometimes we put an offer in there. Uh, it depends on what's going on with the client for that, that time. But I have learned that too. I know of a, um, a CPA who, just like you're saying, he sends a direct newsletter every month. I get it. And it's a fold, like six pages, seven pages newsletter. And on the first page, there's always a picture of his family. He and his wife have a blended family, and they have half a dozen children between them. And there's always some crazy picture of them doing funny stuff, and there's a big, long article about him and his family. And people eat it up with a spoon. They think that it's fantastic because even if you go to the office and you never meet that guy because he's the owner and you might deal with one of his other accountants, he's the reason that you want to do business with them. And people just somehow miss that. They miss that personality. And like I said, a business has a personality too. Even if you don't want to give up personal stuff as the CEO or as the, the CMO, whoever you are within that realm who's sending out those newsletters, you can still give personality to the business. Like this is what's going on in our business this month. I can use myself as a prime example. I've been in business for six years, and it coincided with my son being born. Well, once I started the business, I shortly thereafter became a single mom. And I was putting out a, um, a newsletter, and I had been doing it all wrong, and I know better. I have a background in marketing. But sometimes when it comes to your own business, you kind of forget what you're doing and just go for the sale. And so I had been yep. sell, sell, selling. And then okay. when I put out, it was around New Year's, I put out a newsletter, which was very boring, and I basically said it was my first holiday season without my son. He had spent the season with his, his father. They'd gone back to go see my ex-in-laws. And I should theoretically be really unhappy, but I had created this exciting time. I'd spent time with friends, whatever. It was very personal. And I didn't sell a thing. I got clients out of that. I got appointments. I got clients. I got a ton of responses. I had the highest open rate I had to date. And then it hit me like a brick against my head. They don't care about what my business is. They're going to buy with me because they like me. They like the concept of the business. And so now every newsletter I have, even as I grow, has a picture of my son or me and my son. And it starts off with what's going on with Patrick. And he's become a little celebrity among my clients. When they, I talk to them to say, how's Patrick doing? What's he up to? I saw his Halloween costume or I saw his birthday party. That's what they, they resonate with. They don't resonate on you have a sale on whatever. They still buy because they like the personality of the business. And so that is the biggest takeaway that I can give anybody in this integrated marketing thing is define the personality of the business and make that permeate across the media that you use. And again, like you, oh. to your point, social media is a coffee shop. The website is, you know, obviously your storefront. So you want to have a different take on it on each place. But have that personality be consistent because the personality is your brand. Well, that, 
that is making a lot of sense to me. Now let's let's spend the last uh, last little bit that we have. I know that 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 myself and my clients and and we're talking all different sizes of 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 business here um, from from the solopreneur, uh, if you'd like to call them that, um, up to a business that may have you know dozens of employees. Um, and, and of course it works for bigger businesses, but we're not all Starbucks. We can't hire a single person to, to manage our Pinterest account. Um, so, 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 you know, smaller businesses that are, that are already strapped for time and resources. Um, what would you suggest as far as if we want to make a a big impact fast with social media to continue justifying the, 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 the time and the resources involved. Like where, where should our priorities be? Do you have, do you have preferred uh, channels uh, that, that we go out to? Do you have, do you have, um, you know, one, two, three for a small business? What, what do we do uh, when we're, when we're short on time, but, but want to make the most use of this? And I think that that is a big concern because people say, oh, it's just a time suck to be on Facebook and Twitter. I don't even understand that. What's that about? And then they think that it's going to take a lot of time. I can tell you, although I have Facebook and Twitter running all the time on my desktop, I spend about, and this is for all of my clients, an hour a day on Facebook and Twitter, monitoring and posting. It, and that's with you know more than a dozen clients. So if a person has 10 to 15 minutes a day, they can really leverage social media. And you could be on all of the different platforms. Uh, I use TweetDeck, or you can use Hootsuite, which are applications to help you to manage Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Nothing works with Google Plus or Pinterest at this point as far as a posting, um, you know to everybody at one time, a blanket posting. So you have to add those in separately. So if you are on Google+, which is no one's on Google+, it seems, but it's really great <laughs> for SEO because Google owns it. So if, yeah. you're, if you're looking to push SEO, I highly recommend getting a Google+, page right now. It's relatively new. It will probably pick up, and SEO people love it. So there's that. If, you're do if your demographic is mostly women, Pinterest is the place to be or if you know that women are the decision makers in the family and you're a plumber, electrician, someone who's in the home, then Pinterest would be a good place to be. And then everybody's on Facebook. So Facebook's good for almost anybody. And then Twitter is really best for business to business. And I think of Twitter as like a CB radio. You can say a lot of stuff, but if no one's tuned into your channel, they don't really get it. So yeah. you have to kind of be a little bit more focused on Twitter. Again, with TweetDeck or a Hootsuite type of application, you can search for keywords. Like for one of my clients, they focus on international travel. So that's what I run for their keywords. They're an international company. Twitter's international, as all these social media platforms are. And with that, I found somebody the other day who said in international travel, looking to travel internationally and curious about where to find vegan restaurants. Well, as luck would have it for this company, I'm vegan. So I know exactly where she needs to go. So I went in as a business and I said, wonderful question. Try, you know, vegdining.com. They have a directory and it includes international locations. Well, so now she thinks 
this this place they they do international travel, they process visas and 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 passports. I mean, they really don't have anything to do with dining. But now she's going to look favorably on that brand because I helped her out to find something in her international travel. It's that easy. That took two minutes. So it doesn't have to be time intensive. And if you use the right tools, like you can schedule on Facebook. Like I said earlier, I'm on Facebook at 6 o'clock in the morning posting for my clients. I'm checking in then. I'm seeing what other people have posted. I'm sharing. I can post-date that to 6 o'clock at night when I know people are going to be online. So it's, it's managing it all. But once you get a strategy of what your message is, where you want to be, and when people are, are commenting and posting and, and being active on your site, it actually gets very simple. Okay, well that 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 sounds excellent. Now, if I want to, you know, there there are all these sites, but but I mean, what what are what are my highest highest um, value activities as far as as far as moving people from Facebook to my business? If I want to make that if if I want to make it a goal of my business, not just to to be seen there, but but once people are engaged and paying attention, to get them to actually come, come learn more from me. I mean, is is that blogs or is there something else? Or um, it's going to be what, a blend of blogs and and calls to action. Okay. So what some people do is they'll let's just choose Facebook for now. They'll say, well, okay, I have a Facebook page, and then they don't have any traction on it because they're only posting once a week or once every other week. I don't think people understand how it works. People aren't going to your Facebook business page to learn about you. If it shows up in their news feed and they see something of value, they will comment, like, or share it. But they're typically not going to go to your page. So when people say, I just had another company I saw queried and said, well, how often do you click on the apps button on a, on a brand's page? And I wrote back and I said, who goes to the page? I'm not looking at their apps. If you're spending a lot of time and money on that, you're probably wasting your money. If you want to get people to go to your page or go somewhere within social media, you can buy ads. They're just like Google ads. They're based on keywords. You can target very specifically on Facebook. It works very, very well. But what you need to do is define your strategy. And I would say for a starter, do it in thirds. So a third of your posts on Facebook should be actual all-out selling. This is what we have. This is our promotion. Go to this page to learn more, that kind of thing. A third of it should be the social component. Here's a picture of our, our morning meeting with you know, our 30 staff members. Here's a post about um, someone who's getting married in our office. Here's you know, the donuts we brought in this morning. That's about a third is that social component. And then the third is the educational component. So the educational is going to be those blogs that you post, articles from other sites, cross-linking and sharing, those kinds of things. That is a quick blanket strategy that should be honed as you get more knowledge about how social media is working for your particular brand or client. But once you start, when you first start, that's a really good blanket strategy to get you going. So if you think, okay, I'm going to post once a day, maybe twice a day. I wouldn't go more than three times a day because if people see you too much in their feed, they start to unfollow you. 
and you don't want to get crazy about it. So, you know, you say, okay, three times a week I'm going to post sales. Three times a week I'm going to post articles and educational blog type things. And three times a week I'm going to post social stuff. Hmm. Okay, well then, you know, that's that it it's making a lot of sense to me to balance it in in that way. And I and I I also see because because I just I I just know when I look at my clients and 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 other businesses out there how reluctant they are to to put um the level of personality into their marketing that you're talking about um mm-hmm. and the level of of intimacy. Um but 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 I see why you emphasize that so much. You know, when when you put it into a in, into a into an equation like that, and maybe this is just how my brain works. That you know, it's easy for me to think of you know a third direct promotion and a third um, content oriented marketing, and and to think of what those would be. Um, but it's hard for me to then branch out and and think about you know that personality and the intimacy. And, and letting people into my life like that. And I see why you emphasize that because it is a stretch for me and for many of my clients. Right. Uh, to well, I keep it doesn't have to be you personally. Most of my clients, although I interface primarily with the owner, they have employees. I couldn't just talk about Joe at ABC Blind. That wouldn't be appropriate. But I can talk about the team at ABC Blind. Do you see the difference? So it's not just giving up one person. It's sharing a lot of stuff. I'm not talking about solopreneurs, although some of my clients are solopreneurs. And then, yes, I do talk about that. But most solopreneurs I know want to be seen as a we instead of an I. You know, we do this. They don't want to appear as small as they might be. So you're not trying to share too much about one particular person. Uh, Like I said, with that client who does on-hold messaging, I put up – funny little joke things sometimes. That's their personality. Or putting a picture of the group. They just they went and got their pictures taken as an office, and there were 20, 30 people on the pictures. Having that picture and say, what do you think about this? That's the kind of personality I'm talking about. So you don't have to take one person. You don't have to, like I do personally, and talk about you know your son or whatever. And I actually don't do that on social media. I never talk about my family on social media. What I have found that is, resonates and is personal for my clients on social media is grammar and spelling gaps. Because I'm the grammar hmm. doctor, they yeah. love, love, love it when I take pictures of misspelled things and point it out. That is what's resonated. It's not even what I do. I mean, yes, I edit, but that's not the crux of the business. But that's yeah. what they want. And that, that's another great takeaway is you do what people want. Don't do what you think you want. Do what they want. That's what they want. That's what I give them. Yeah, so, so, so you know, that particular item is a, is a great example of, of you may have done that accidentally once or twice and noticed that it just is what resonated with folks. Mm-hmm. And, and and then you know you follow that path. It's funny because you talked about you talked about the groups and and um, and, and you know uh, featuring featuring your entire staff versus 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 individuals. And I um, before I had my own company, I worked for a computer training publisher. And and you think computer training and they're teaching people how to use like the the 
it's not the command line, but but you know, basically the equivalent of Microsoft DOS on a Cisco router or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, how how to use these these very technical things. Um, but but we did things like we had stress ball fights in the office, and 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 I could see you know even posting a, a picture of all the stress balls uh, on the floor of the office. You know, and that would have really captured the the personality of what was going on in that office without even having to feature, you know, a, a single person in, in the picture right. or in the story. Yeah, and but, then you can have a call to action right after it and say, we just had a stress ball war. How do you guys manage stress at work? Absolutely. And then, so now you're asking for interaction. It's not that one-sided because that's the thing to remember. It's social. So it's not just, hey, here's a picture of our stress balls. It's also the question of what do you do to manage stress? Again, it has nothing to do with the brand. It doesn't say anything about computers. It doesn't, you know, but for some, a lot of people, computers make them want to tear their hair out. <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Like, oh, well, even, even the, the experts get stressed about this sometimes. That's awesome. They're real people. I want to work with real people. I mean, the Starbucks, we don't go to Starbucks because they sell coffee. We go there because the people are friendly, because it creates an environment. They've done an excellent job on their branding of creating a personality for their company. And that is not out of reach with social media. It levels the playing field. Blogging, social media, newsletters, it makes it all very cost effective for that small client, whether they have one person or 20 people or 2,000 people, we're all even in this space, which makes it so nice, and it doesn't cost anything. I mean, you can get on social media for free. You don't have to hire someone like me. You can do it yourself. You can, you can give it to the, someone in the office to do. Well, I think that's a great – I think that is a great way to kind of conclude. That's a great message to conclude on. Now, you, um, you specifically provide services uh, to your clients around social media, around um, you know supporting their their business, whether it's through social media efforts or other customer communications, um, supporting that with 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 content that follows your three E rules to to educate, mm-hmm. entertain, and engage, and and in general you help businesses actually achieve business results with these with these different. Um, communication methods that may not be as directly tied to to making the sale as as, as say what I do um, and 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 folks need to not forget that that all of these things are critical I mean pretty much every one of my clients is putting out content driven newsletters on a regular basis and without that the sales messages that we put out would not would not work as well um, so if folks want to get a hold of you and to learn more about your services, the best way that they can reach you is through your website. Is that right? Yes. My website is grammardocs.com. It's G-R-A-M-M-A-R. Some people want to spell that. D-O-C as in Charlie, S as in Sam.com. And that's the same moniker I have all over social media. So on Facebook.com slash grammardocs, Pinterest slash grammardocs. It's consistent across any anything you look me up on. And then they can also give me a buzz at 888-482-3496. Okay. Well, perfect. Um, and, and um, yeah, I, I found you through, through Dave Sherman 
uh, at Infusionsoft, and I, I know that he spoke highly of you, and everything that I've looked at from what you've done is, has been quite impressive to me, and it's, it's, it's clear that, that you fulfill a, an integral role and, 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 and simply the lessons that you're teaching fulfill an, an integral role in business, and, and, and I'm excited uh, to, to have been able to share this content to my listeners on, on Live with Roy. So, um, again, uh, for listeners that want to learn more about Amanda and her services, it's grammardocs.com, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-D-O-C-S.com, and this is Amanda Collins uh, from the Grammar Doctors. So, uh, thank you, Amanda. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on today. All right. Well, thank you, and thank you, uh, listeners, for uh, listening to another Live with Roy call. I hope you got as much valuable content about social media and, and, and content marketing out of this as, as I did. Thank you very much. Hey there, this is Roy Fur, and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to another Live with Roy interview. If you haven't already joined us, I encourage you to drop everything and go to www.livewithroy.com. Join us today and you'll get first priority notification when new interviews are posted and ready for you to listen. This is the single best way for you to get access to all the new interviews I post with the world's leading experts on information marketing and publishing, internet marketing, copywriting, selling, business success, and a whole lot more. I'll even send you a free gift by email right away when you join now. It costs you nothing but your name and email address, and the content you'll get could be transformational to your life and business. All you have to do is go to www.livewithroy.com and join us now. Again, that's www.livewithroy.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you again soon.